This is the story of Siege and Cal, the greatest podcasters any universe has ever known. duo the siege and i'm joined by the other half of that dynamic duo cal hello i am the other half of that dynamic duo <laughs> uh welcome to episode 61 of the laser comb podcast wait no this is actually episode 62 i screwed that up the last okay. episode that's like 60 more than most pod indie podcasts <laughs> that, that that's true um yeah this uh this week on the laser comb podcast we are uh, continuing on with our block of episodes that i have called uh rip and peace teletoon if you're uh, just joining us teletoon is a canadian channel uh, uh is centered around uh, animation that launched in the uh, mid 90s and uh well it was announced recently that it's actually it, that it was going to be rebranded as uh, Cartoon Network Canada. Yeah. I think it's already happened at this point. I think it was happened on like March 23rd or something like that. Uh, if you want to see an entire uh, group of uh, angry Canadian millennials on Twitter lamenting about something, it's uh, the, the, the thing of the, the moment was uh, the d demise of Teletoon. Just uh, look for the hashtag Teletoon. Yeah. That's and, actually uh, how I found out because it showed up. It was like trending in Canada. Hashtag Teletoon. And I'm like, oh, why is Teletoon trending? And then it's just like, no, no, no. <sighs> but why? <laughs> I must tweet about this. Speaking of tweeting about things, I, um, I did the, uh, the, the unthinkable. No. And, uh, I, I got myself a big old blue check mark. <laughs> You didn't. I did. See, I actually used to be subscribed to Twitter Blue, like back before the Elon days, and it had some useful features. Like, being what was able Twitter to... Blue? Uh, well, it was only like three bucks a month, and you could uh, it gave you the ability to like customize your app icon. You could choose a dark theme. You could edit tweets, things like that. And the new Twitter Blue is all of that, but it also gives you a blue check mark. And it costs three times as much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I well, just, you, uh, the thing is, it puts um, content creators that rely on that sort of thing in the position where they have to. Right. Like, actually have to, because it's like, oh, this is to combat bots. If it was just to combat bots, make it a dollar. Yeah. So, fuck you. Like, it. It's not just to combat bots, right? Or make it a one-time purchase. It's right. It's because Elon spent it's because like, money. It's because Elon spent a lot of money on Twitter. Yeah, and so now he's going uh, washing machine to washing machine, pulling out all the change. Yeah, <laughs> pulling out the the couch cushions, <laughs> looking for looking for uh, lost pennies. Right. But yeah, because um, 
you all of your posts uh, you don't show up in people's feed without it like yeah that, that's that's part of the reason why i uh i bit the bullet and you can't reach subscribe. an audience yeah. yeah i wanted to just increase my uh my my twitter profile and thus the shows that we do i wanted to increase visibility here's the thing your followers don't even see your shit i know like 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 half of my twitter feed is by people i don't even follow yeah so uh i don't have very many followers on twitter and and i also don't follow many others and it's like weird just seeing it'd be like going on facebook and like scrolling down and you you're seeing like what's trending and pages you're not a part of and like people you don't talk to and it's like what and so i i don't know it's a necessity but if everybody like bailed on it then you know money talks if everyone bailed on it and went to boosted myspace back up or something like that well the guy i can't remember what his name was but the guy who originally founded twitter is launching a uh, a new uh twitter like service that's apparently like a more back to basics approach to twitter like very simple like um and so uh i think that's in beta right now and i signed up to be a part of it oh that's if, cool yeah who knows if i actually get an invite but hopefully anyway rip and peace teletune and this week we are talking about a show that i have fond memories of a show that i've wanted to talk about for on a podcast for literally years at this point and uh a show that um is uh, uh that i deeply associate with teletoon because i watched it on teletoon back in like 1997/98 and it's a little show called captain star The greatest hero any world has ever known. Captain Star journeyed the universe in his ship, the Boiling Hell. His orders to discover new worlds, name them after himself, and then sell them things. One day, the Boiling Hell arrived at the ragged edge of the universe, where Captain Star and his crew, Navigator Black, Atomic engine stoker Lynn's Jones and First Officer Scarlet waited for orders from Mission Control and waited and waited and waited. Boom. Now, now I'm not going to. I'm not even really going to go into what Captain Star is about because the intro music that you just heard. Uh, in this podcast for um, it that's the theme song to Captain Star I'm going to insert it in editing later editor <laughs> uh. put that in <laughs> um, I, I, I don't need to explain what Captain Star is about because the opening uh, theme song uh, has a voiceover narration that tells you everything you need to know yeah. about this show it's kind of great actually yeah yeah tells you what you need to know I like oh. sci-fi intros that tell you what it's about. I, I, I love the little bit that where it's like uh, uh, their mission uh, to. Uh, uh, oh, I can't even remember. It's like uh, uh, re uh, reach, uh, explore new planets and reach new civilizations. Uh, oh, 
Discover new planets, name them after themselves, and then sell them things. Captain Star's mission. Reach new planets, name them after himself, and sell them merchandise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that. And uh, so there's probably, well, presumably, there's a lot of planets out there called Planet Star, which... Yeah. It would be confusing because planets <laughs> orbit stars, but those those are uh, that, that's a very contradictory name right there. Planet star. Oh, what what's the the next closest uh, planet? Oh, that's planet star too. And if you go out, that gas giant out there is planet star, and all the moons around it are planet star. <laughs> so right away, <laughs> right away, the 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 logic like required to make the the show work is very indicative of the humor of the show. The, this show, yeah, the, I find this show extremely funny. I went back a couple of years ago and wa- rewatched through the entire the entirety of it. And I think it's only like 13 episodes or something like that. It only lasted one season. Or no, no, it lasted two seasons. Yeah, it's a couple. Uh, 13 episodes in total uh, mm. spread across two seasons. So I went back re- back and rewatched through it, and the, the show holds up like beautifully for me. Now, what I am going to say is that the episode that we landed on, and I know we've heard this from, from patrons before, where they have said that, oh, um, you just uh, didn't land on, a, on the best episode. This is not the best episode of Captain Star. But it is the figured, one we're reviewing. Yeah. yeah, there there are much better episodes. And it's not even that this is a bad episode. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just kind of meh. Meh. Yeah, it's Day of the Zooty. Um, basically, which, with Day of the Zooties, which originally aired in the UK on uh, July fifteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, I said I strongly associate this show with Teletoon. Uh, this is actually a UK series it uh is from the british network itv which is a uh free to air public broadcast network uh but it aired in canada on teletoon and by the looks of it it did uh, based on some uh, light research that i did it, i don't think the show actually aired in the u.s hmm. so this only aired in the uk and in canada yeah and uh what it's very british in its humor it is uh, yeah. very, um, very obviously so. Uh, so either you you like it or you don't. Uh, yep. When I was young enough to catch this on TV, um, I wasn't old enough to find it interesting. Yeah, because you're so you're was, a couple of years younger than I am, right? It, it was kind of boring to me, and the jokes like weren't really like jokes. Uh, but now watching it. 20 whatever years later um i can appreciate it more yeah yeah the like i found it i i was 12 and 12 or 13 when i watched this show back in the day and uh i i did i i appreciated the humor at the time i appreciate it even more now as an adult yeah this uh uh, the, the episode that we landed on uh as mentioned was uh day of the zooties and so uh, the episode opens with uh, uh, Captain Star taking a bath. Oh wait, that's a flashback. <laughs> it, it's a flat. Yeah, it opens with a flashback of Captain Star taking a bath, and um, the uh, atomic rocket ship uh, Stoker, 
uh, Limbs Jones, as he's known as. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a hole gets pierced into the hall, and like uh, uh, Jones is about to be like sucked out into space. Captain Star leaps into action and uses the bath mat beside his bathtub to plug the hole. And then we like cut back to the the present day, and Captain Star is just like, "Oh, those were the days." Captain Star, by the way, is voiced by actor Richard E. Grant, who's a fairly famous uh, British actor. Now, I'm wondering if I should get into this now, or if I should wait until afterward. No, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll save it till the end because I I have some ideas about like what this show is a like their situation is i i find this situation that they're in very metaphorical interesting very, very symbolic okay of some stuff. okay but I, I'll, I'll i'll get into it later okay so yeah basically um uh oh you just said his name uh yeah. the guy that almost got sucked out jones jones um he has some extra parts to him yeah, it's from uh, being. If I there, there's an episode where it, where it explains how it happens. See, I watched I, as a kid, but I can't remember now. Like I can't remember the episode that explained it. I think it was radiation, Some, something that, like that. that, that made him grow the extra heads and extra arms. So he has two legs, he has six arms, and he has nine heads. I like that it's an odd number of heads. I find that kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, and it's a, just a lot, not like two or like three, but like. Just yeah, it's nine, nine, yeah. <laughs> and they all talk to each other too. And they, yeah, and they, they all seem, talk to they, each they other. Sometimes they're contradictory. Yeah. Like there's a part where he's uh, one. They're like, "Oh yes, Captain, right away, Captain. No, Captain." And <laughs> it's, yeah. that's where the British humor like shines, right? Um, I find the writing uh, because there's a they have limited slot, right, and like probably limited budget and all of that. Um, you and I talk about like wasted page space for like books, wasted airspace, that that kind of thing. Um, yep. I don't feel like Captain Star does that. No, like, not I, at all. They, every uh, line, like every like it, it, every single thing happening on the screen, even if it's silly, progresses the the story. And indeed, this show is very silly, <laughs> and and it's silly, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, so back in the present, uh, Captain Star and Jones. Oh, he likes like, to reminisce in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah, Forgot Captain Star, that. his thing is uh, the beginning and the end of the episode usually has him sitting in uh, sitting in a wheelbarrow uh, looking out at the stars. And his, yeah. his thing is that he's uh, waiting for orders from, like, Mission Command. And they've been they've been on this planet for quite a while. Yeah, and he sometimes he starts and ends it with like, "Oh, Captain's log," but he's just talking to himself. Yeah, like <laughs> so he's not actually show. recording anything. So no, he's writing in his diary. Oh, is that it? Yeah. So a ship shows up, and Captain Star is like, "Ah, finally, my orders." And. Um, and uh, Scarlet, who is his first officer, she's called Scarlet because she has red hair. Scarlet, first officer, uh, also the science, yeah, uh, science uh, head of science. Um, yeah, she's the lo- she's basically a Vulcan. She's the logical mind. And uh, if it wasn't uh, obvious, people, this is the show is a clear riff on Star Trek. Well, she even wears um like a Klingon war band in <laughs> like bed. The- <laughs> Hilariously enough, she's she a different woke- one in bed. 
She's got like her her yeah. bed uniform and her out of bed uniform, which I find funny. Yeah, there's a scene later on in the episode where she gets woken up by the um the the main threat of this episode. The Zooties. The the Zooties, yeah. When she wakes up, she's wearing her pajamas, but she still has like a Klingon like sash on. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Uh, so yeah, so Captain Star uh, thinks that it's his orders. Uh, Scarlet is like, "Oh well, what if it's an alien invasion?" And he's just like, "Nonsense." Uh, uh, I can't remember if it's is it uh, Jones or Black. One of them he tells Black is like, like, "Oh, I I'll rather miss this planet." Uh, he tells uh, either uh, Jones or Black to like fetch him his like Jones. captain's hat. Yeah, Jones. It, it's to, Jones for everything. Yeah, to fetch him his captain's hat. Oh, right away, and, sir. And his captain's badge and his captain's sunglasses. <laughs> he, he, which he puts on Star for him. Yeah. There's a there's a shot where um, it's a. there's a it's going to be the episode art for this uh for this uh there's a star with him there's a shot with him like standing valiantly like wearing this hat and with the sunglasses like staring outwards with like his hand to like the side of his shades it's like anyone watching on youtube can see i got it as the (laughs) the uh, background there i i i watched this at work today on my uh on my break on youtube and uh yeah and yeah uh, by the way people this uh, the entire series is on youtube freely yeah. if you want to watch it and i highly recommend it um but i burst out into laughter just this shot <laughs> of captain star in these like aviator shades with this like dorky like captain's hat on just like looking off <laughs> look wait awaiting a um a flying saucer mind you and uh scarlet says uh what if it's not command what if it's hostile alien forces and he's like well either way it'll be interesting yeah and, <laughs> and it turns out that it's a uh, a vacuum cleaner salesman basically that that's what got me that's one <laughs> of the first things that like got me and it was like imagine interstellar travel the resources and time that it takes and this guy stops on this like barren ass like tiny planet to like sell people that are vacuum. also interstellar traveler travelers a vacuum yeah (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is they humor him yeah they they listen to his sales pitch and they 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 bring him into the restaurant which is uh blacks mr blacks um has like a like a like a restaurant set up on the planet yeah navigator black has a restaurant set up on the planet and um uh there's fish tanks everywhere uh navigator black's thing is he loves fish also like, weirdly enough but it's like a big thing <laughs> it is a big thing and it comes up later in the episode but weirdly enough like you'd think someone who loves fish that much wouldn't eat fish but that's all he serves the other crew members is just fit and I, I know this because i've seen other episodes of the show it's all he serves is just fish <laughs> just various different uh, uh fish based uh dishes well, you know, he loves eating fish, and then his love of fish came from that. Maybe the fish tanks are uh, are are basically like fish that he's like breeding for them to like eat. From a sci-fi standpoint, that probably makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> like Matt Damon on there with his like on potatoes, yeah, with his shit potatoes up yeah. in up on Mars. Hey, those potatoes got to get their like uh, nitrogen and carbon from somewhere. Yep. So they um so the salesman is trying to like uh, sell them uh, on this vacuum, and um, they don't really need a vacuum because they don't have carpet. And the reason why they don't have carpet is because Captain Star like weirdly like hates carpet. He finds and, it like really unhygienic. And, and in the and in the uh, the flashback at the beginning of the episode, um, when they come back to it and Star is in his wheelbarrow and Jones is beside him, Jones is like, "We never did replace that bath mat." And Star is like, "That's because it's incredibly unhygienic." And yep. indeed, he says, "We." Uh, eventually he snaps because the uh, salesman keeps going on and on and he's like i hate carpet and yeah. uh, this is another one that got me um everybody gasps as if he just said like i hate children or i <laughs> like he said something like absolutely like shocking yeah and yeah he he explains that they're they're like dust magnets they're they're dirty, they're like hard to clean. And here is where I'm going to agree with him because I have dust allergies. Yeah, so do I. So I don't and can't have like carpet anywhere. And even vacuuming carpet like often pulls all the particles up into the air as you're going. And it's every time I, I vacuum, I'm always in like a big like sneezing fit afterward for like a good hour or so. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, fuck carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a the, this is like I think like the C plot of the episode is that is Captain Star's like hate on for it's the recurring joke. And the reason carpet's even brought up is because it's like, oh well, when you buy the the Suck Master Ten Thousand or whatever the heck the sci-fi vacuum is called, which conveniently folds up into a briefcase, uh, it comes with a lifetime supply of carpet yeah uh self and we'll find out carpet. why that yeah self-laying carpet and we'll find out why the company can afford such such an expense uh shortly <laughs> so he tosses down a square of this self-laying carpet and immediately just spreads everywhere in the restaurant and uh he's like okay it goes well, under things like it, it goes under your feet under the tables and it goes out to the edges of the room Seems cool, right? Yeah. And he's like, and now I'm going to like show you just how well this like Suckmaster 9000 works because like we're going to really like destroy this carpet here and he throws like a big like thing of dirt on throws it. Throws like a bag of chips and like steps on it and he's like we're going to really go to town. Uh, yeah and like it creates like such a big like dust cloud like all of the uh the crew of the boiling hell by the way the name of the uh, space rocket oh. is the boiling hell yeah um, the entire crew of the boiling hell all start coughing <laughs> all start coughing and then it's like oh it has a space mode or something and he turns it on and it starts sucking up like the furniture and the fish and everything else and they're like for god's sake man make it stop and he's my like fish nope. my he's fish like, he's like nope not until you buy it <laughs> not until you buy one <laughs> Uh, and um, Scarlet goes up behind him, and I thought she was gonna Vulcan nerve pinch him, yeah, or like karate chop, but she just rips his head off. 
And it turns out he's a robot, and she's like, just as I thought. This is a sales bot, salesman bot, or something like that. Yeah. And she opens his head up, and she's like, oh, and here's his brain. It's it's like a little like marble, and she it's pulls it out. And she's like, being held I'm gonna, by two strings. I'm gonna keep this. I might need this later. Like she actually even is is says something akin to, oh, I might need this later. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that's that. He stops moving, and problem solved. Yeah, and so Captain Star uh, orders uh, Jones to uh, roll up the carpet and have it destroyed. He's like, get get all of it out of here. And it's- as you watch the show, um, you start to realize there are landmarks on the, instead of all living in the the ship, there's different buildings and landmarks. And yeah, like, one set- of them is the incinerator. Yeah, they've set up shop on this planet. Yeah. Uh, there's the <laughs> restaurant. Um, I think Scarlet has her own little underground Room. She, had, she has like a hut or something or, or uh, but it goes underground because it looks like an elevator i don't know they've, they've got their they set up shop like siege yeah. said and um jones is about to toss it yeah and he he goes to the incinerator and uh fuck what is it it always says something the I, the incinerator I, says i'm the i'm i'm the jolly burner or something <laughs> like that what does I it say it, one sec folks i'm right at the pretty sure coughs yeah i am the jolly burner yeah the jolly burner yeah uh but it coughs up a a square of the green stuff yeah and then it talks it's lime green by the way it's ghastly and it says slime green they call it in the slime green yeah uh, <laughs> and it immediately talks and it's kind of like two or three voices overlapping yeah. like that eerie like ah world worldly and it says i can be your bath bath mat yeah and he's like oh we need a new bath mat and it's got a little picture of a rocket ship on it yeah for for some reason we don't see it make shapes on itself ever again yeah so it, whatever and so it like spreads out and then um immediately like captain star gets mad and he chastises jones he's like jones i told you to to get i told you to get rid of this vile carpet um yeah like seemingly not realizing it's funny because the characters come to this realization at vastly different parts <laughs> throughout the episode right right that it's like like a what what's it called like a sapience Sa- Sen- yeah sentient sentient uh it's a sentient being like aware of it's a series of sentient beings like millions of them right it's actually like a colony right yeah. because as scarlet says um oh getting rid of it won't be so easy captain um she's like see these fibers each um little whisk is actually its own like sentient like creature and they're, and they're made- like nonsense scarlet what are you talking about and they're they're made their reproductive uh uh, uh uh behavior is much similar to ours and she puts two of them together in like this little like glass like box but and- the thing is she's why do i don't know why she has this science <laughs> so what this is it reminds me of those doll houses that open up on yeah, like, one it, side it's like a little bedroom it's a little with models and like miniatures it's a little bedroom and indeed the two fibers 
One of them um, puts music on, which I found hilarious. One lies down, one's like turns off the lamp yeah. and puts music on, like a little record, and then goes over to the little window that Starin and Scarlet are staring at, and it like shakes a little <laughs> fist at them. And it's and like then closes and, and they actually say, Do you mind? Oh right, they they speak, right? And so they close the curtain and then immediately the curtain just turns into more of this carpet. And then um that is a uh, funny funny sight gag to me. Yeah. And then um uh uh Star opens it up and goes, "My god." <laughs> because everything inside is just covered in this layer like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't anything leading up to that. It wasn't it talking to him. It was <laughs> he pulls the curtains up. Uh so jumping back a bit, uh, uh, Captain Startel is all pissed off at Jones because uh, he told him to destroy the carpet and the, the carpet's back. And Joan, he's like, Jones, do it again. And this time, do it properly. And this time when uh, Jones takes the carpet to the... So he does, though. He rolls it up. Yeah, when he takes it to the incinerator again for the second time, it starts talking to him and it's like is like oh you you we could be the carpet for your room it's your room the captain doesn't need to know it's your room he doesn't need to go in there i c if you let me live we can stay just in your room and you could shampoo us shampoo shampoo <laughs> the amount of time shampoo is said in this episode Hundreds. is yeah, <laughs> and, and he's so, like, "Hmm. Well, the captain won't go, won't see you if you're in my room." And he, he's persuaded. And right away, when he brings him back, um, it immediately spreading just out, spreads right? out again. Yeah, and uh, and uh, it I lied. Think, uh, I think Joan says something akin to like, "Gee, I guess you can't trust uh, uh, a self-laying carpet." <laughs> Can never trust a carpet. Um, but yeah, when he lays it down, it's like, much appreciated. And his eyes are like blank. And he's like, no problem. Yeah. So it, it's hinting that it... It has some It has some, some sort hypnotic of weird... effect on people. Yeah, it, it, it has some sort of uh, weird, like, mind control power. Uh, when it takes over the fa uh, factor, or his room, rather. Yeah, he lives in, like, his own little house. Yeah. Um... It completely takes over, uh, and it grows over top of Jones. And there's yeah. a little scene where he's like inchworming around underneath. I, I don't know. I thought that's like I thought that was cute. He even <laughs> ends up crawling up onto the wall at one point, crawling up onto the wall to get out of the window. <laughs> and he realizes, um, much like tendrils of like slime or mold or like whatever, it's split off and has begun going elsewhere across the the plan he's like oh you've done it this time jones <laughs> <laughs> the captain's going to be real angry yes he is he's going to be mad he's going to be very angry with us i think he'll like it i think he'll like <laughs> it <laughs> i was just ad-libbing that he doesn't actually say that it, but it's it's on point right yeah <laughs> it, it seems like his intelligence has been split up among the nine heads resulting in any one train of thought not being too bright 
Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah um what i find humorous is um uh they're in the restaurant right like drinking margaritas or whatever and it takes over right and this time it's not pretending yeah it just grows over everything and instead of when it when it covers scarlet and star instead of um him being like ah or or like whatever he's like ah jones yeah and it's like any of you could have helped him destroy the (laughs) maybe have your science person like figure out a way to like actually like neutralize this thing and indeed they 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 get on that like immediately uh they 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 do get on that and uh hilariously enough uh what scarlet realizes is uh captain the uh, every every piece of carpet has a has a label on it that uh, shows uh, uh, care instructions. Uh, we right. could just look at the label and do the opposite. And he's like, "Yes, exactly." Now, where's Jones? Tell him to. Oh, he's he seems to um, be uh, like unrespondent. And they look outside, and he's using a, a carpet cleaner. Yeah. And he's like shampoo. shampoo, or was that the carpet? Maybe it's the carpet that was like shampoo, shampoo, and he's I, just like walking across the planet, sh- shampooing the the ground. Yeah, in a daze. <laughs> and so Captain Star like jumps on this like uh uh oh oh and at this point like the it gets black the by the, by imitating uh part well, of it breaks off. Go ahead. Well, at, at this point, they it has pretty much engulfed like most of the planet, and they have taken refuge in the bridge of the boiling hell. And Scarlet mentions that it's like I don't know for for some reason it can't get in to the bridge, but it still does anyway. Because and it, uh, it gets in with just a little chunk shaped like a fish that uh, changes its form uh, and makes it look like a fish to like kind of lull uh, Black because, as mentioned, he loves fish uh, into. Uh, exiting the bridge so it can mind control him as well and get him to shampoo us and when they're at mid conversation they turn around and they go all right black and i will go and look for this uh you find a way to destroy it while black and i will go and look for the 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 care label the care label black and then they immediately just look outside and he's out there shampooing carpet too <laughs> i like that that he's just there one minute and then outside the next yeah and so captain star like hops on this like uh uh hover car like this like hover scooter thing and she's like um scarlet uh, says like be careful captain it may uh it, it has powerful mind control abilities and he's just like nonsense scarlet i think i can handle uh, I I am a rocket ship captain. I think I can handle a carpet. I think I can handle a carpet. Yeah, I, I you know what? He sells it for me. He he's not that stereotypical like that's right, Kiff, like where's my dry cleaning like idiot while everyone else is more capable. He's actually quite capable. He's still like the the cocky blah 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 like he still has like the the cockiness that's often yeah. associated with that trope but like 
yeah. the the drive is like there and he's not stupid and that's nice no he's not actually he, he isn't dumb at all he's he's very full of himself but um also there's a uh, recurring gag throughout the episode where he keeps saying um a i am a rocket ship captain i do not concern myself with carpets including when the carpet tries to stop him at one point and lull him to it's serving it yeah and he yells back at it because the carpet makes the shape of a giant head yeah like please shampoo us it'll be fun and he's like i am a rocket ship captain (laughs) i do not concern myself with carpets i do not shampoo carpets (laughs) and it's funny, despite the crisis, there's a scene where it just shows the two left, Scarlet and the captain, um, in the, uh, the, the fish eatery. Yeah. And he's standing there waiting for food, but he knows Black is outside. Okay. Uh, and he's before, like, oh, I'm getting hungry. Go, go ahead. Before we get to this. So, because uh, there's, there's something about this that I find hysterical. Um. So uh, Captain Star jumps on his, like, hover moped and, like, flies to, like, the edge of the carpet, attaches a, like, hook and a chain to it, and then flies back the other way to lift the carpet up so he can look at its label to see, like, to see what the care instructions are. And so he goes back to Scarlet, and Scarlet uh, postulates that, like, um, that it must need, uh, uh, it must need... It, be, because of the underpad, uh, it uh, can't draw nourishment from the soil. Therefore, that's why everyone needs to be shampooing it. This is her first theory. And he's like, he's like, brilliant, Scarlet. All right, let us have lunch and then we'll deal with this. <laughs> or something. Let us have, or, or something like that. Something it's just like funny that. that there's a crisis, but they're like, <laughs> great, let us have lunch. Yeah. And then we'll deal with this. And they go to lunch, <laughs> and she's standing at his side, not sitting. I, I don't. That's just her character, right? With her like hands clasped behind her back, and Captain Star is sitting at one of the tables that's been overgrown with the carpet, and he's standing there with an empty plate and like a fork in one hand and a knife in the other, <laughs> just waiting. And it cuts, and he's like, um, he's standing there like expectedly. And Scarlet like looks outside with binoculars and she's all like, I don't think lunch is coming, Captain. <laughs> and he's like, Scarlet, you can cook, right? She's like, no. Anyways, I think that we need to like just very, <laughs> no. And so it's funny. And he's like, damn it, and gives up as if <laughs> none of them can like bring themselves to cook. And he's like, that's it. I'm calling the manufacturer. and i don't know why i just thought that like oh you can cook right and she's just like no like she's not necessarily saying she can't cook but as much as saying she's not cooking for him right i don't know i i I found that one of the the few times i had a a smirk and a and a a sharp exhale from my nose the show will do that to you <laughs> so what ends up happening? It ends up taking over uh Scarlet too. Well, before that though, she uh takes uh the like little like marble brain of the sales bot and like 
hilariously like connects it to like a CRT television and it just starts showing infomercials of this guy like talking about this stupid vacuum but then um uh, also like you find out in this uh like uh, infomercial that they're watching that this was a military exper the self-growing carpet was a military experiment that basically went awry and so they need to be shampooed because like the pores of the uh, entity the, the, the pores if the pores of this uh of these uh uh zooties because they i yeah. think she said they were made by like the zoot corporation or something like right. that right yeah yeah um the the pores of the zooties if they get blocked then these things die and, and that's so, why it needs to be shampooed regularly so they're like well what can we do like just not like how can we speed this up we cannot shampoo them but like how can we make this go faster and uh captain star is like oh we just need to like make things really need to make it like really dirty like really fast and it's like well how how do we do that and he's like of course the jolly burner the uh the the likes uh something about it that he says hasn't been cleaned in years we just need to like spread that all around and the way that they go about this is they take the marble brain and throw it into the jolly burner and for some reason that turns it into a like a giant an ash spewing mech (laughs) but it has the personality of the sales program robot yeah so that and he's piloting it remotely with uh, with levers with with levers that like attach to his yeah fingers i and they (laughs) i don't think no i think he's inside of it i don't think he's piloting oh is that it because he ends up like jumping out of it at one point uh right so this plan goes awry because it has the personality of the sales bot and so after like the all of this like carpet is being like dirt is being uh made like extremely messy because this thing is like spewing out like ah years but and then years and years worth exactly but then it wants to vacuum it but then it wants to vacuum and shampoo it and so it grabs like two like giant versions of these which i think is hilarious that it just happens to have these things these giant like mech size versions of these vacuums that it was trying to sell and it starts like why they're there don't worry about it (laughs) and it starts like shampooing up all of the mess it made and the carpet is just like all hail the shampoo lord or something like that (laughs) yeah and he's like blast it i I have to reach of course and there's a giant on off switch on the back of the <laughs> burner mech yeah like actually like giant and there's a convenient ladder yeah. at the base of it too and he goes he jumps dynamically and climbs the ladder but the vacuum uh, sucks him in the vacuum he, the robot points the vacuum and it goes to suck suck him in and, and gets, uh, it does he, he gets sucked into it and he uses a knife to like cut himself out of it and when he does he notices the dirt is just spewing back onto the carpet and he's like 
Of course, he has another. He has another Eureka moment, and so he cuts a big asshole in the other vacuum too, because this thing is dual wielding these giant vacuums. Um, cuts a hole in the other one, and uh, that ends up uh, working finally. And and what ends up happening is all of the all of the carpet starts receding. They turn into squares, yeah. like books or like sample uh, squares. Yeah. But then they turn into like a book flapping and they fly away. And they like, said, we'll be back. And uh, then they, the robot just like kind of like croaks. Malfunctions out. and breaks. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the, the epilogue scene of the episode is Captain Star sitting in his wheelbarrow. Uh, looking up at the moon, and he's like, uh, Captain's Diary. An uneventful day. A uh, vacuum cleaner salesman came by. And then he left. And then he left. And boom, immediately cuts out. And I'm like, wow, Jesus. I think um, Jones had repaired the... Early at some point, Jones had repaired the um, the vacuum cleaner salesman. And Star asks, oh, like, what did you oh, reprogram right, right. him for? I, for I forgot and about he's like, this, yeah. I reprogrammed him to sell Captain Star merchandise. And he holds up, like, pillow and... Finally, he'll be doing some good in the universe. <laughs> I forgot That's about when that. I, yeah, I, I laughed <laughs> about that. And uh, he just leaves in his UFO, yep. his flying saucer. But yeah, the, the end part where he's like, Captain's Log, we were visited by a vacuum salesman today. And then he left. <laughs> There's kind of like a bleakness to that. Well, and indeed, I think he wanted to talk about. I remember theme. He, a bunch of themes. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was originally going to do a podcast reviewing this entire series with um, someone whose name I'm not going to mention, but. Um, and they had said uh, it didn't work out but uh and uh, i had mentioned to them that i had just finished uh watching through the entire series and they were like oh yeah yeah so did i there's not really um there's not really a lot to it huh and i'm like what are you talking about he's like well what do you mean and i'm like this show is satirized like is a pretty like biting satire on themes of like commercialism and colonialism like there's a lot going on in this series and indeed in this episode i think and maybe i'm just reaching here i think this whole situation that they're in one um them becoming like zomp the like them becoming like compelled to like get this carpet and becoming like zombies and like slaves to like literally like slaves to like shampooing and maintaining it i think is a kind of a statement on like our over reliance on material possessions you you don't like the the line in fight club the things you own end up owning you yeah uh to and to a more broad extent yeah that that consumerism right yeah. um to have like nicer things than like other people and then you have to take care of them and it's like you know how many hundreds of hours 
I've spent washing my car, it's hundreds of hours less than if it was like a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then like when you have like a nice thing, like you want to show it off and you need to like take care of it and blah, blah, blah. And like you said, um, the more like shit you own, the more the shit owns you. And, and I, um, yeah, obviously it's just a silly show, but underlying that are like there are a very of, apparent themes. There, there are a lot of strong themes going on in this show. And honestly, and the thing that I was going to touch on um, even beyond that is the episode opens with them like being nostalgic for like the good old days. And then. But the memory was shit. The memory, the memory was of was, an emergency. Yeah. And they spend a lot of their time on this planet doing like very mundane things, like just like expecting like something, just waiting to like essentially be relevant again. I think uh, one of the big themes of this show is I think it's kind of a metaphor for kind of retirement, basically being it put into like, like putting into a, like a retirement home. Hmm. I, I'd say even more broadly, um, just getting older. Yeah. There uh no new nothing new. There is this happening. Crew, this crew is like kinda like put out to pasture and they're uh, it's Captain Star in particular is like desperate for some to essentially like have more glory, like relive his glory days and like be relevant again. Yeah, and he is capable and He's just wait. Uh, for me, it's it's that um, waiting. It, it's waiting for something exciting to happen. They're not out finding it. They're waiting, and yeah. a lot of people like, oh man, oh I wish I was a better like artist, or oh man, I wish I like did voice acting or whatever. And it's like, well, how many hours have you spent pursuing that? Right. Like, do, you don't just go, huh, and like pick up a pen one day. And like touch it to paper and you're like by god by god i'm an artist like you, no man you, you gotta work right and i've have existential dread about man i haven't even done this man i'm like 35 and i haven't even done this or i haven't gone to like japan and blah 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 and it's uh, haven't went to europe yet and uh you know like never learned to play this the the in this instrument i like started and like it's not going to happen unless you you make it happen and that oh. existential dread of waiting for something to happen when you can easily like they can just fly off away right mm -hmm. and getting older and the days blurring together and they're not better than they were yesterday or the day before and they don't see anything new and everything's humdrum to them, even if it is exciting at times is underlying that there's an underlying all of that. There's that like melancholic, like kind of existential dread. Yeah. Which is contrasting to the silliness of the show for me which, anyway, which I feel like is a very British thing. Yes. The, the melancholy of like getting just melancholy in general, right. Is, is a very like British thing. It's just like, hey, oh, well, you know, life action. sucks and then you die, but you no, know, at least you get some chippies before then. Like, 
<laughs> that's that's the humor. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're growing old, you know. Um, well, uh, not much can be done about it. I I say I might uh, be be dead tomorrow, but uh, stiff upper well, lip. <laughs> well, I think I'm. Uh, uh, I I think I might grab myself a packet of crisps. <laughs> packet In the of meantime, <laughs> well, we might as well enjoy the telly, <laughs> right? And um, oh no, I. So me and you have I different like takes, but I, I think both are valid, and I definitely see where you're coming from. It, and it just reinforces like what I was saying that like there, there's a lot going on in this series. Well, even an episode, e there are even th themes um, in each of the scenes or the jokes. For instance, <clears throat> when those two are uh, uh, here, here's a theme that's probably in many episodes. They make Joan uh, Star makes Jones do everything. Yeah. And then blames Jones when it goes wrong. But all he has to do is help. <laughs> right? Like there's another um ongoing like uh like theme, right? Like it expectations of others. Right. Um another one is like when they're sitting in the restaurant this episode and he's just like waiting for food, even though he fucking knows <laughs> the only person that works here is Mr. Black and he's outside. And then he's like, Oh, Damn it, Scarlet, can you cook? No. Like I just the idea that you just know, it, like he he need he's reliant on other people. Right. And like and, and like the disconnect where he's not really even the disconnect, con yeah. Consciously aware of that. Consciously aware, as if like we take uh again, maybe far reaching, but just taking the service industry. Yeah, uh, people working those jobs you don't want to do, garbage men, um, servers, cooks, whatever, right? Uh, for granted. Yeah. It's right. like if you go to a store and you're such a spectacular asshole to everyone in the store to the point that and this wouldn't happen re realistically, but to the point that everyone decides, fuck it, we're we're just leaving. Suddenly that store isn't there anymore. And you're just like, well, where are all the workers? like that's kind I, of happened <laughs> that, that that that's a thing that's actually been happening <laughs> yeah like the middle class people complaining little e economic rant but it's re it's relevant uh middle class people complaining that the restaurant hours are or some days are just closed and there'll be a sign up being like oh staff shortage like sorry or like whatever and being like oh Young people don't want to work anymore. Meanwhile, they're the same old people that have a basement suite that they're renting out. Just changed the rent from thirteen hundred to twenty nine hundred. Sorry, yeah, thirteen hundred to nineteen hundred. Yeah, in like less than a year. Yeah, just because, just because everyone else is doing it. So you want? Oh, it's supply and demand. I don't control how the market is, and it's like it's not. It's not restaurant people that are. <laughs> that are going to be renting from you. I, uh, uh, last summer when I was looking for a place, I quite literally, um, had a place. It was like a, a basement suite for like $1,000 a month. Uh, it was like a one bedroom for $1,000 a month. I'd set up a, uh, uh, a viewing to, to go see it. And the guy texts me back like the next day and he's like, uh, due to current Mark, 
market conditions. Uh, I actually had decided that I, I need to increase my asking price. So the, the place is now going to be 1600 a month instead of instead of a thousand. He quite this guy quite literally just looked at other like listings and was like, oh, other people are charging like 14, 15, 1600 a month for a one bedroom basement suites. Well, I, I can't charge a thousand now. Why would I? And or, or indeed, right? He probably had people applying and being like, hey, I will give you like 1500 for this right now if you like take me. So what ends up happening, and this is, I thought this was like a rumor, people are replying to ads and like with, hey, we see your place listed for 1650, um, we'll get you 1750 because it's so hard. It's not like before where you spent like a week or, or two kind of like looking at different places and seeing places and doing applications. It's so desperate that people are like bidding, like overbidding right. for places now, for rentals. That's insane, man. Yeah. And you know what else is insane? Not liking Captain Star. <laughs> uh, here... So, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, Cal, you, uh, you just caught a, a random episode of Captain Star. Would you tune in next week? Uh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I'll probably watch these. They're, they're short, right? Like 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, 22 I'll, minutes. I'll probably they're watch on. these because it'll be like re-watching something new. Because like I didn't, when I was like 10, I didn't, yeah. I didn't appreciate any of the jokes or understand them or even get like get the humor. I just wanted to see like more cartoons that were like action-y. And then I'm like, oh, this wasn't for like young kids. No, this definitely isn't for young kids. Yeah. There's nothing like inappropriate about no. it. Like a little kid could watch this, but like they would be bored by it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how about yourself, Sage? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, nice. I love this show. Um, uh, yeah, as I mentioned previously in the episode, I rewatched through the entire series a couple of years ago. I will definitely, I ended up like ripping all of the episodes from YouTube and putting them on a nice. flash drive. So I'll, just cause I'll, yeah, just, just to have them, you know, nice. I couldn't find a torrent of it or anything anywhere. And it's not available for purchase digitally. This is like the thing it, about YouTube. I get that. Cause the thing about YouTube is we could like check next week and it would just all be striked away. Yes. Someone, someone who like owns realizes they own the copyright through some like acquisition they made like 10 years ago is just like, Oh, be gone, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, even though this wouldn't affect my... I'm I'm not going to put this available for purchase on any digital marketplace, but I don't want YouTube, some random YouTube user, making ad revenue off of this. Not no. even. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe it has ads, yeah. Oh, I, there, there were definitely ads while I was watching it. Let's see how many views... Oh yeah, I wouldn't want him getting like, you know, $4.50 off of having this up over the course of five years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stuff like that does happen, though. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, that was uh, episode 62 of the Lasercone Podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're at the single $5 Gary tier. You get a whole bunch of exclusive content, including the Super Lasercomb Patreon Super Show, which ugh, we haven't recorded one of those in a while, but we'll, we'll, do, we'll do one next week. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Lasercomb, spelled the same way. Cal, you are at? I am at NeoCal on Twitter and TikTok. N-E-O underscore K-A-L. We'll be back in a few days here, uh, continuing on with our Rip in Peace Teletune uh, block of uh, programming, where we're going to be talking about a show called Cyber Six. Oh, yes. With uh, a special mystery guest, even. Yeah, and we're uh, we have a guest host scheduled for that episode. Uh, someone who, when I first la- when we first launched this podcast, like two and a half years ago, uh, I think it was or no, I don't know. We launched it in twenty twenty one at some point. Um, this person had said, "Hey, if you ever do an ep- uh, an episode dedicated to Cyber Six, I want to be on it." Specifically, so, this yeah exact show. Yeah, and so. Uh, the cyber six was a teletune original i believe so this seemed like a good time to do it and i reached out to them and was like hey do you want to be on the show and they're like yeah <laughs> so i'm like hey cool so uh we'll be back uh soon with that and to find out what episode we're watching uh i'm gonna go to the old trusty random number generator uh cyber six only had 13 episodes much like captain star so one random number between one it and it feels 13. like it had more um full disclosure i never watched the show so i'm so excited to see (laughs) this will be a new thing for me and we landed on episode 11 which is uh uh episode 11 is the greatest show in merit meridiana merit yeah okay Meridinia. No, it's not Meridinia. It's uh, uh, it's literally spelled Mer- uh, Meridiana. Meridian. Meridiana. There we go. Meridiana. The greatest I show. I knew it Meridiana. would. We'd figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> what episode was that? Uh, episode eleven. Ooh. And uh, well, we'll be back uh soon with that. And until then, I've been the Siege, one of your hosts. And I am your favorite uh space elf neocal uh thanks for listening we will uh await our orders next week it's hard to do this the other way around (laughs) (laughs) i failed have a good night